Thank you for listening to this episode of the ESG podcast. We're joined today by Stephanie Broby, a private client solicitor at law firm Goodman Derrick. Stephanie has a keen interest in philanthropy and ESG issues, and is part of the advisory group for Make My Money Matter, an organisation co-founded by Richard Curtis, which campaigns for a world where we all know where our money goes and where we can make sure it is invested to build a better future. Private wealth advisors are seeing a shift in their priorities and expect this trend to continue. I'm interested to see how awareness of ESG issues is developed in a post-COVID world amongst these people with private wealth. So thank you, Stephanie, for joining the ESG podcast today. Can I start by asking, why did you decide to become a private client solicitor specifically? Thank you, Clive. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. I sort of stumbled into it, really. I mean, trust law was probably my least favourite module um, during my law degree in my final year. As you probably know, when you're training to become a solicitor, you have to undertake a training contract, which comprises a number of seats. My first seat was in private client, and I just loved it. Um, I just found it really intellectually satisfying, dealing with complex trust and tax law issues, But it's also an area which offers the opportunity to build lasting relationships with really interesting individuals. I've always been fascinated by the complexity of human relationships. And I think private wealth law, private client law affords an opportunity to kind of explore our relationship to wealth as as human beings and and how it plays out in in the context of the, the family. And that's something that continues to captivate me. So you surrounded yourself by wealthy people. What a good idea. When did you become interested specifically in ESG then? I'd always been quite interested in philanthropy and and social impact. And I think naturally this extended to environmental, social and governance issues because they affect all of us and, you know, all the time. And I, I think a lot of my curiosity around ESG came from thinking about the problems that um, philanthropists and impact investors want to solve and the kind of underlying systems and structures which perpetuate these problems effectively. And I'm I'm curious in exploring the kind of the deeper issues behind the problems. And so ESG has been a really interesting way to look at these problems and and to think about how we go about bringing in effective solutions. Environmental law is, of course, a recognised discipline in its own right. Does the legal profession have many courses for social impact and corporate governance? In terms of sort of training courses, you know, for me as a solicitor, there's a wide variety of courses that are available. I mean, there are there are things like, you know, corporate governance and regulatory issues and environmental law, of course, as you mentioned. But uh, there's nothing really specifically around social impact. I think it's something that will, will probably start appearing in in the next few years I I would have thought sort of post-COVID certainly more recognition of um, the the need to address social impact um, in the way that we behave as as the legal profession and um, how our law firms operate so I think it will naturally follow that things like social impact might be on the agenda but perhaps not in in the form of training courses, perhaps it will be through kind of related professional bodies that that want to get it on the agenda. That kind of raises the next question. I mean, how aware do you think the whole of the legal profession is at the moment about environmental, social and corporate governance reporting? ESG in the context of the legal profession has 
predominantly been viewed through the lens of corporate social responsibility. There isn't that language around ESG within the legal profession. I think ESG is, was sort of coined in, in the context of wealth management and investment and that sort of thing. And so we, we, we didn't really have that language in, in the legal profession. And corporate social responsibility has traditionally been um, sort of founded uh, on the delivery of pro bono legal advice and sort of charitable pursuits and sort of giving back to the community. It's very much about how we operate as a business in the community and, and how we give back to the community. In recent years, there's definitely been more focus within the legal profession, solicitors firms on environmental performance. And now there's a sort of growing sense of um, the, the wider social responsibility, whether that's to community or staff and, and clients. There's definitely a lot of priority given to how we report what we do in the community and how we give back, whether that's to local charities or schools or perhaps partnering with, with clients on various sort of charitable endeavours. I definitely think the recent urgency around climate change um, has resulted in uh, environmental factors be, having to be considered and, and managed by businesses. Um, and that, that presents many challenges um, and also opportunities for the legal profession and, and their clients. So I think, I think it's a, a combination of, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a sort of concrete uh, policy and pathway around ESG within the legal profession, but there's definitely pressure coming from um, kind of the, extending the definition of, of corporate social responsibility, but also um, the demand um, that's going to be driven by clients who are um, very concerned about ESG um, increasingly and you know I think as more sort of new products um, emerge on the, mar the market like you know sustainable finance instruments and impact funds and you know the, the more practitioners are going to have to get to grips with ESG and and as a result it will become um, part of the, the kind of greater fabric of the, the profession but I don't think it's quite there yet. Whilst you were you were talking, I suddenly remembered there is a course that um, anybody I think can can go on uh, to learn more about um, ESG. And I'll just mention it now, not that I've got any axe to grind, but the, the, I think it's the CFA Institute, the Certified Financial yes. Advisors. They have an online ESG course, which you don't need the CFA's qualifications to take. Um, from memory, it costs £650. I know because I was inquiring about it for myself you get the certificate at the end of it after an online exam, which occurred to me that it'd be interesting to see how many people take that, that certificate up. But I can't think it will be many years before you know, the Law Society and others suddenly recognise that law firms need to demonstrate their own behaviours in order to attract the next generation, you know, Generation Z and Generation Alpha lawyers. So there was that piece. And, and then whilst you were talking, I, I was fascinated by the fact that lots of people... Um, talk about the environmental piece and CSR but actually there was a live example only this week of what happens when an organization disconnects itself from the stakeholders they serve and and all I need to tell you is three words European Super Cup um, mm -hmm. if you if you consider what happened there you know that the big 12 football teams or football team owners around the around Europe decided to go off on their own without really telling the the supporters um you know they were given a bloody nose frankly by by the the fans who said no not on our watch yeah. and I, yeah. I think you know if if somebody's looking for an example as to what ESG is 
that's not a bad one, actually. Which brings me really on to the next question, um, which, which was, what type of clients do you think care the most about ESG? Is there a breed or um, is it specifically types of private uh, client that you're dealing with? I mean, I, th- I think there's a you know, variety of different people across the private wealth and corporate landscapes who have been flying the flag for ESG for many, many years, um, you know, um, you know, we're, we're kind of pioneers in the impact investing movement and, and that sort of thing. Um, from a private client perspective, um, I, I think it's generally people that have quite strong values around society and the environment and, and regard themselves as values-led individuals and that tends to play out in the way their wealth is invested and structured um, and and in in their philanthropy. Um, From a sort of commercial corporate perspective I think there's there there are a lot of uh, values-led businesses emerging especially with the advent of the B Corporation movement and you've got the Better Business Act Coalition which is all about ensuring um, that the interests of shareholders are sort of now advanced um, alongside those of wider society and the environment. And, you know, hopefully that means that, you know, we're, we're moving more towards a stakeholder economy, or at least trying to, um, and moving away from this, this idea of shareholder primacy. And so, so, so you've got, you know, the, these kind of values-led businesses that want to do business better, and of course, those businesses are comprised of um, individuals. A lot of them will be wealthy individuals who, um, you know, are private clients. And and so, so there's a bit of a, um, it's kind of circular in a way, uh, because, you know, the, the more people that are caught up in the wider corporate movement around these issues, who then go on to become, uh, you know, individually wealthy and, and, and take a values-led approach, um, with with the stewardship of their assets so i wouldn't say it's any you know particular type of person but you know they're generally um values led and, and concerned about how, how what their wealth is doing and um in terms of the impact that it's having on the world so given that how do you expect an increased interest in esg to affect what you do in practice um as a, as a private client solicitor I think in terms of what I do on a day-to-day basis in terms of legal practice, that, you know, that, that won't really change. I mean, you know, I spend most of my time advising people on wills and trusts and succession planning and estate planning, dealing with deceased estates and that sort of thing. But, it, you know, it's, it's the context that, that might change in terms of what clients' objectives are, um, having regard to environmental, social and governance factors. I think one really important thing to bear in mind is that as a private client lawyer your role is often much broader than just taking instructions from an individual in relation to their wealth and drafting documents implementing structures and that sort of thing you know often people will come to me just for counsel or that you know they want to get connected with interesting groups and um you know i've I've helped connect people with different giving circles and philanthropic communities and that sort of thing and so there's 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 a the broader role around just sort of taking an interest in what what the client is pursuing and and helping to signpost them to um the right sort of intermediaries or, or people so i think 
as a result of that, there will be, you know, an expectation that, you know, practitioners like me will have to have some level of understanding when it comes to ESG um, and to some extent be involved in, in those communities. I mean, for example, I um, there's a brilliant new organisation called Impatience Earth and they're a pro bono consultancy for philanthropists and donors who, who want to give charitably to uh, climate towards climate change, um, but, but are kind of stuck in terms of um, how best to give and that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it's amazing the amount of time and thought that goes into how to give away assets well. Um, and I think a lot of people feel very emotionally connected to um, climate change and, and wanting to, to fight kind of the greatest issue of our time, but feel um, paralyzed and sort of disempowered. And, and so, you know, I'm able to connect intermediaries and individuals with um, inpatient earth so they can get the advice they need and and pursue their kind of philanthropic endeavors um, so it's that sort of thing it's about being part of the wider space and and knowing what's going on and and also you know looking to the future because you know I think you know ESG is is kind of a, a discrete standalone term at the moment but I think all of us that are part of the movement movement are hoping that it you know, we don't need that term in the future that it will just become embedded in in how we live our lives and, and how our businesses operate. I like the idea that ultimately there won't need to be an ESG foundation. I'll have to move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think of something else, but I think it could be a while yet before the world um, knows what ESG stands for, let alone how to implement a, an ESG strategy. Um, there was at the beginning of this, I mentioned in the introduction that um, you're on the advisory group for Make My Money Matter. Just tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, Make My Money Matter is a brilliant new sort of campaigning organisation, which is um, initially sort of calling for the, the sort of trillions of pounds that are invested in our UK pensions to build a better world and they're, they're campaigning to get a number of different pension providers to commit to kind of net zero emissions um, in terms of the, the funds that they invest. I mean, it launched in June last year in the middle of the pandemic, which was amazing. And um, we've had a lot of engagement with um, policymakers and um, of course, various uh, pension providers like Aviva and Legal in General, that sort of thing. Um, and, um, and the idea is that we're starting with pensions and really trying to empower individuals to um, advocate on, on behalf of themselves and, and future generations to ensure that our pension funds, which are, um, you know, trillions, trillions of pounds in the UK, are not, in, you know, invested in, in industries that are extractive and exploitative, um, you know, along environmental lines, but also in terms of socially, um, you know, exploitative labour practices and that sort of thing, and, and moving, moving funds into industries that are going to be regenerative for society and, um, and for the environment as well. So it's a really interesting project to be part of. And I, I don't want to finish either without any mention of the firm that you work for, um, just yeah. without the, the advert, but just tell me a little bit about Goodman Derrick. 
Um, Goodman Derrick is a uh, full-service commercial firm. We were started by Lord Goodman um, in the 50s. Um, I think it was 1954. Um, and, and he sort of had his fingers in, in various projects and uh, was chairman of the Arts Council and, um, you know, was sort of a political advisor to various um, politicians and um, anyway, so it's a full service commercial firm. So we act for clients in relation to their commercial corporate issues, um, employment, dispute resolution, um, media, real estate, construction, um, family law and, and private clients. Um, and we're a sort of mid-sized firm based in the city. Um, we, Lord Goodman was kind of quite involved in lots of um, philanthropy and, and, and charitable work, particularly in the arts, but, um, and we've always um, kind of wanted to continue that legacy by um, being very involved in um, various charities. And we tend to have sort of partner charities that we work with. Um, and we're, you know, very keen to sort of give, give back to our local community. There's a, a number of us that do a lot of pro bono work, um, principally kind of supporting charities. Um, you know, we do that work through an organisation called LawWorks, um, which effectively connects law firms with um, non-profits who need pro bono legal support. So um, it's, a, it's a real privilege to be able to um, support um, organizations and, and projects that that need legal support but you know they, they often don't have the budget so um we we're very keen on on pro bono and everyone sort of has a go at um at that now that leads me really rather neatly i think uh, thank you for that um on to my last question which was how big a sector specialism do you think esg could become for both private client and say commercial law in the future um, I, I mean, I think it's already growing enormously in the context of the corporate and commercial landscape. And again, that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, new products coming on the market, green bonds and sustainable finance um, initiatives and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think that by virtue of the work that's coming through from clients and the changing regulatory landscape um, is, is going to make ESG a, a much bigger um, sector specialism but um you know in in terms of private client i think you know it there's it, definitely been um an, an increase in appetite from private individuals in terms of you know a new new level of awareness in terms of well, you know what's in my pension and what or what's in you know my investment portfolio and 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 you know starting to ask the question so i i think it's it's definitely going to grow um as an area that private client specialists should be um you know aware of and, and growing growing their um awareness of but uh, uh, my hope is that it doesn't continue to be this um not a silo but you know this discrete area that um has a, a number of specialists but it that it will become more and more embedded into the day-to-day -day work that we do as lawyers um, um as sort of businesses begin to embody ESG factors into their work and operations more and more that it that will just become part of you know the bread and butter of what we do 
Um, but I, I really hope that it um, that it continues to grow and and that people become excited about but you know what what the movement is trying to do around the ESG it's it's a it's a really exciting time we've got enormous challenges ahead of us you know environmentally and and socially and in the way that our businesses are run but there are the opportunities are infinite and so I, I remain optimistic. Good for you I'm going to bring you back in a year's time if you won't mind just to tell us how is <laughs> whether your predictions <laughs> come true. Happy um, to. Well, look, thank you very much for your time today Stephanie it's been fascinating hearing about your approaches to ESG and within the wealthy and um, private client um, sector. Um, if you're not doing so already dear listener um, please do subscribe to the ESG Foundations page on LinkedIn. Um, we're also of course on Twitter and subscribe to the ESG Foundation podcast channel on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to hear our range of interviews across the ESG spectrum. But that's all for today. And uh, can I just thank you once again, Stephanie, for talking to us. Pleasure.